It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt here covering everything Wisconsin Athletics. On today's show, we've got a full Colgate Wisconsin preview coming up for you. I'll get into some numbers, some players to watch for in this contest on the Colgate side, as well as what I think the match will go down as. Then in the back of the show, we've got an interview with Nick Lorenzen of Mid-Major Madness, one of our SB Nation sister sites covering all things mid-majors. They do some great work over there, so make sure to go there and check them out. We're recording this on Thursday morning, so basketball is about to tip off in just a few hours, so you can go over and find them at uh, midmajormadness.com, and you can find some trendy upset picks, see what you're going to look for if you're trying to make some last-minute tweaks to your bracket. But in terms of Wisconsin news, this is really the big thing that's kind of going on across the sporting world for UW Athletics. Of course, Wisconsin, as we mentioned, for those of you that don't know, in the NCAA tournament, 3C taking on 14-seed Colgate in Milwaukee. That game will start at 8.50 Eastern time. So a late tip in Milwaukee. Uh, Everybody make sure to get some coffee in them and get ready for this contest as part of the Midwest Regional, headed up by number one seed, Kansas. Focusing solely in on Colgate now, I think the things that really stick out to me for this team is their ability to knock down the three ball. And I know I mentioned in last episode that maybe you aren't super familiar with Colgate, a small school in the middle of nowhere in New York State. Um... But you maybe recall last year when they took on the Arkansas Razorbacks in the NCAA tournament. It was a game that led the Razorbacks uh, for most of the first half and then fell behind just a little bit into the second half, went into halftime 36-33. And then the second half, Arkansas just came in and and knocked down shots. And Colgate, while it's hot, they were incredibly hot to start the first half, kind of tapered off in the second half and, and eventually uh, fell to Arkansas 85-68. to It felt like a much closer game than that, but... It just wasn't. They they really started to to struggle to knock down threes late in that contest. And this year's Colgate team is is very similar to last year's. When you look at the the team that they have, they they start three seniors, two juniors, so a very experienced team. Uh, point guard Nelly Cummings has been part of every tournament run that they've had, including um, the first time they made it in 2019 against uh, the Tennessee Volunteers. So. He's been a guy that's been around, and, and the offense kind of starts there, but really the main focal point of this offense is their ability to knock down shots from deep. 
And we'll get to some of these numbers from them, of course. As I mentioned in the last episode, 40, just over 40% from beyond the arc. So really, you can see they're a really good three-point shooting team. There's nobody that doesn't know that at this point. But really, they're a great team in terms of catching and shooting. They don't necessarily need to drive and kick and have open threes. This is a team that if they get a little bit of room to shoot, they're going to fire it, and, and they do it with pretty good success. If you, any of you out there follow Shot Quality on Twitter, um, he, he's a Twitter account that runs a lot of different statistics, and Colgate in terms of three-point shooting um, and teams that t- take the best shots and make the most shots, they are in that good shooting section, good shot-making section. So this Colgate team is certainly one that can be dangerous uh, from beyond the arc, especially if they get hot team that is just going to keep shooting whether they're falling and going down or whether they're missing this is a team that is going to keep firing because that's their recipe for success all season long that's how they got this 15 game winning streak in the Patriot League coming into this contest is by being able to go out there consistently shoot threes consistently knock them down at a high clip so if you're looking at a key matchup for this contest to kind of get things started it's going to be Wisconsin's ability to defend the three-point line Another interesting stat to look at with Colgate is the amount they use ball screens to get those shooters open. They score 0.89 points per ball screen, uh, according to some stats that Drew Ham wrote up on our website. And that's really an interesting thing to note because Wisconsin, throughout the course of this season, has kind of struggled to defend screens. So I would have to imagine seeing that, knowing that, Greg Gard and his staff are going to be really working on getting through screens, trying to break up those gaps to not allow shooters to get enough space. Because as we mentioned, this is a team that really doesn't need a ton of space. They don't need to work the ball around and pass it around and find that open man with an extra pass. If this team gets just a little bit of a gap, they're going to take that three-point shot. They're going to work through that screen and try and get guys open to do so. So Wisconsin's ability to not only defend the three-point line, but defend and work through ball screens on the defensive end is going to be super important in this contest. And there's certainly plenty of things to watch for on that end. I think what a lot of people forget about in this contest and the reason that Colgate is a trendy upset pick is because they can knock down the three ball and they can get hot. Now, certainly that is very much the case, and that's going to be something to watch for in this contest. But I think people look at their insane offensive numbers, the output that they have, and I think they sometimes forget about the defensive numbers. Not so much with Colgate's defense, but specifically with Wisconsin's defense. When you look at this Colgate team, Played in a Patriot League that is, is one of the relatively weaker conferences across the country in terms of mid-major conferences. It's it's not as strong as a league as it once was, and, and right now it's kind of been dominated by Colgate. But you look at Colgate's schedule, they have not played a ton of teams that play really great defensive basketball. And as great as Wisconsin's been all season long, that's because of their effort on the defensive end of the court. Uh, looks like St. John's is the closest in terms of defense efficiency that they've played all season long, and that was back in November. And they're 30 spots below where Wisconsin is in terms of defensive efficiency. So you're going to look at this matchup and say, yeah, Colgate is certainly a team that can come out and, and shoot and knock down the basketball. But Wisconsin defensively has played a lot of good shooting teams, a lot of good offenses, and fared fairly well in those contests. So Wisconsin, well, yes, Colgate is a team that can knock it down. They haven't necessarily seen a defensive effort type team like Wisconsin. And on the flip side, Colgate is a team that can really shoot, but Wisconsin has seen some other teams that can really knock down the basketball. Iowa, St. Mary's, Houston, Indiana, Michigan, all these teams rank in that same sort of good shot quality, good shot making quadrant of that graph that I mentioned earlier. And these are all teams that Wisconsin has fared pretty well against and, and knocked off throughout the course of the regular season. You're talking about a couple wins against Indiana. You knocked off Houston early. Iowa was a game that they played pretty well in. So 
yes, Colgate, I think people jump to the numbers. They see, oh my gosh, a team that knocks down 40%. This team's going to come out and be a trendy underdog pick, and I can understand why. But I don't think that they necessarily look to the flip side and say, hey, Wisconsin plays pretty good defense in their own right, and they've taken on teams that fare similarly in terms of shooting and knocking down the three ball and, and some better offense. You look at a team like Iowa, that's it's one of the best offensive teams in the country. And Wisconsin fared pretty well against them as well. So certainly something to look for in that contest is Wisconsin's ability to play great defense throughout the course of this game. Another thing that I think people forget about is that this basketball game is going to be played on two ends. And we look at it, Colgate still has to play defense on Wisconsin. And in this contest, Wisconsin is a team in, in terms of numbers that you go off of. I think one that really sticks out is Kem Pomeroy. We've had him on the show before. Very insightful, very good numbers to use. In terms of adjusted defense efficiency, Wisconsin ranks 37th in the country. Uh, you look at Colgate's numbers, the gap there, 203rd. So that's a, a pretty significant gap on the defensive end. This is not a team that plays very good defense, and they played against a schedule that is relatively weak. I mean, look at the teams around them. Weber State, George Washington, Tulsa, Fairfield, Ryder, none of those teams are tournament teams. The closest tournament team, you'd have to really scroll up to 16-seeded Longwood, uh, ranking coming in at 190. So in terms of defensive teams in the tournament, this is not a team that plays all that great a defense in their own right. So Wisconsin, while there'll, there'll certainly be times where the Badgers will have a little lapse and, and have to de defend a run of, of a couple of threes and a flurry of shots made by Colgate. I still think this is a situation where on the other end, Wisconsin, who relatively is not a very good offensive team all in all in terms of numbers like this, should have the ability to score uh, consistently and not really run into too many lapses. Now, I think what everyone's looking at in this game is saying, okay, Colgate may come out and, and have a flurry of shots that they knock down. What if Wisconsin gets into their, their famous, you know, we're looking at 20 years of Wisconsin basketball. Every Wisconsin basketball team has had this, you know, a couple times a game with a scoring drought. And that's part of college basketball, but it seems like Wisconsin as a team is certainly susceptible, susceptible to it more than most. And in this situation, you're looking at, yes, Wisconsin's probably going to have a few minutes where they struggle to score and they have a couple lapses, but I think as long as they can keep things somewhat clean on the defensive end during those and not let it get to be too big of a run, I think Wisconsin's still in a good shape where they can come down on the offensive end and things figure things out pretty quickly. This is not a team that plays great defense. Wisconsin, while they've had struggles in their offensive own regard, I think this is still a team where you're looking at Wisconsin's played at a high caliber level and, and played against some of the top competition in the country. Likely, you know, the Big Ten led the team, led the nation in terms of teams from their conference making the tournament. It was a grind night in and night out, and now you're going up against a relatively weak defensive team from a relatively weak league. I mean, I don't want to sit here and, and, and nitpick Colgate's schedule, but it's a team that really hasn't played a, a ton of tough contests. I mean, looking at their toughest game, they did go to Syracuse and win, which is a good win, but Syracuse is not a tournament team. They lost to Pitt. They lost to St. John's. They lost to a team that Vermont, that's the only other tournament team really on their schedule. So this team hasn't necessarily been tested the way Wisconsin has. So I think the Badgers, in terms of the offensive end, should be able to find and score uh, a little bit more than uh, what people think. And I think we'll be able to keep this even in a lot of regard. Of course, the other big factor for Wisconsin is sometimes in the NCAA tournament, you can look at matchups, you can look at defensive efficiency ratings, you can look at offensive efficiency ratings. You can break down all these numbers, look at all these charts, and that will help you make some picks. But sometimes you've just got to look at it and go, hey, who's the best player on the court? Who's got, which team's got it? 
Can that guy lead them to victory? And I think you look at it, Johnny Davis is by far and away the best player that will be on the basketball court on this game Friday night. And of course, we're going to come into this game and everyone's going to be talking about the ankle, the health. Didn't look himself against Michigan State, but that was now over a week ago. So you're going to have a situation where hopefully Johnny Davis is well rested, the ankle feels better, and he's going to come out and be able to get buckets and score and play at will. And then beyond that, you've still got Brad Davis and Tyler Wall. These are guys that have played a lot of big minutes and play a lot into March, and I think that will really pay dividends. You're going up against a veteran team, but Wisconsin has got some veterans of themselves. Now, certainly, you look at Colgate, they do start, as I mentioned, three seniors, two juniors. So you're going to have a group that is relatively experienced and not going to shy away from it. But Wisconsin, well, they haven't necessarily had players like, you know, Stephen Crowell and Chucky Hepburn aren't guys that have played in the NCAA tournament before. They still have some bright lights experience. I mean, look at you, you just coming off a couple of weeks ago, a game against Purdue to clinch the uh, regular uh, season Big Ten title share. You've got Big Ten tournament games. You've got huge games that you play in the Big Ten. So I don't think the light will be too bright for, for either of those guys in any way, shape, or form. And, and I think Wisconsin should fare pretty well in this contest. So even you have a guy like Johnny Davis on your side, as long as he's healthy and able to go, I think he should be able to score and get his and, uh, and, and should be able to lead Wisconsin to a pretty promising spot in this contest. The other side, you do look at this game. Colgate certainly has some players that, that you should probably keep an eye on. We'll give you a rundown of a couple of those guys now. And I think everything on their offense starts with point guard Nelly Cummings. He's a senior, number zero, agent zero. He's played in 30 games and started all of them. He has the highest users and takes the most shots of anyone on the team. So if you're looking at a guy that's going to come out and, and try to score, he's their best player. He's their best you know, all-around scorer. I don't know if he's necessarily... He's not their best shooter in terms of the just knockdown dead eye. They've got a couple other guys that do that a little bit better. But I think the entire offense runs through and kind of predicates and starts with Nelly Cummings. That will be a really interesting matchup to watch. We look at he's their point guard for Colgate, a shorter guard, likely in terms of defensive draw, going to get Chucky Hepburn in this contest. You're going to have an experienced senior who's played a lot of games um, at, at the Patriot League and at Colgate and played in a couple NCAA tournaments versus a freshman who has not put together really at all any postseason play to speak of outside of the Big Ten tournament. So certainly that will be a matchup to watch for. But when you look at, yes, Chucky Hepper necessarily isn't the most experienced in terms of postseason play. He's also been a headache for a lot of opposing point guards in, in the Big Ten, which has a plethora of really talented point guards at that position, and he's been able to hold his own. I mean, you look at his play all season long. Yes, Early in his career, he struggled offensively, and, and that was the one really thing that stood out for Chucky Hepburn. But defensively, he has always been incredibly solid, and I think you're going to look at this matchup and go, okay, he's a guy to certainly could come in and, and really knock down and impress um, uh, a lot of people tuning into this game that see a freshman point guard going up against a senior. And if Chucky Hepburn can lock, that, lock him down and, and slow him down, I think it slows this entire Colgate offense because that is who they play through. He's the guy that will distribute the basketball, score the basketball, do a little bit of everything. So if he can be slowed down, I think it slows down and kind of hinders their entire offensive process. After Nelly Cummings, I think the guy that you really want to look to is Jack Ferguson, who's another senior, number 13. He's played in all 33 games and is definitely their dead-eye shooter. He's taken the most threes on the team. And he shoots at a clip of 41.6% on those three-point shots. So it's going to be kind of his show. If Nelly Cummings can get open and distribute the basketball, Jack Ferguson's going to be a guy to come out and really try and knock down those shots consistently. He's one of their main sharpshooters, the best shooter on the team. And if you're going to continue to give him open looks, he's going to be the, that a guy that will go ahead and knock them down. 
who Wisconsin throws at him in terms of a defensive matchup will still be somewhat interesting to watch. He stands at 6'3", 180, so I think you could throw a, a couple different looks at him. You could probably mix it up. You could go with Johnny Davis. You could go with Brad Davison. Who, where he is and, and who, which matchup he gets, could he draw a guy like Tyler Wall? I think, I think Colgate's got a little bit too much size in terms of down low. They've got two guys. One stands at 6'10", one stands at 6'11". They've got consistent minutes, and they've got a couple other heights at the forward spot. So you're probably going to see one of the guards or maybe Johnny Davis taking on that matchup. And if they can come out and consistently guard that, he's a guy that you really got to pay attention to. So Cummings is, is their leading scorer, and the basketball goes through him. But a guy like Jack Bergson can come out, and if he catches fire, he's a guy that can really knock down shots consistently, and that's a, another name to really watch for. And another player to watch for, as I mentioned, they've got some height here on this Colgate team as well. The other player to watch for is Keegan Records, who stands at 6'10", 250. He's a junior and started 32 of the 33 games for Colgate this season. Not necessarily a scorer, but a guy that can really do something on the offensive glass. Averages 6.1 boards per game, scores 10 points per game, and blocks 1.6 shots per game. So he comes in and blocks 7.2% of the shots taken when he's on the court. So he's a very good rim protector. So that's something Wisconsin will certainly look for. You're going to have a matchup with Stephen Crowell. You're going to have Tyler Wall working in the post. Can they kind of draw him out? He's definitely a bigger guy. He definitely doesn't look like a guy with a ton of speed. So maybe you draw him out try to knock down some jumpers, and then really try to be patient in the post and work around him because he's a pretty good shot blocker in his own right. I mean, ranks number 71 in the country in terms of his impact on the defensive end in terms of shot blocking. So he's a guy, maybe not as big of an offensive threat that you're going to look for in terms of Cummings and Jack Ferguson, but he's certainly a guy that you can you can make note of on the defensive end that Wisconsin is going to have to be keen on, pay attention to, and, and try and work around because at 6'10", Good size, at, you know, good size and a good frame, he's certainly a guy that you have to pay attention to on the other end of the floor. And lastly, another really good sharp shooter is uh, one that comes off the bench. Oliver Lynch Daniel shoots 53.7% from deep off the bench. So he's going to be a guy that you're going to have to pay attention to when he comes in the game. Like I said, he's not a starter. He comes in, knocks down some shots, and really kind of gives them a momentum boost. So he's a guy that you'll want to watch for throughout the course of this contest and make sure you've got your assignment buttoned up when he is out there because similar to the other shooters, this is a guy that can come in and really knock it down consistently. Now to wrap up my preview in this contest, I think you look at it and once again go, you know, it's a very trendy upset pick for a lot of people and I can understand why. This Colgate team, as you can see by all the numbers, can really shoot it and knock it down and I think there will be waves in this game where they come out and, and really play well on the offensive end and has Wisconsin a little bit flustered, but can Wisconsin stick to their assignment, stay patient in this game, and weather those storms and, and and make sure to try and consistently score on the offensive end. I don't think they'll have that much trouble scoring and keeping pace with them. You don't want to allow a flurry of threes in, though, because Wisconsin, all in all, in terms of these numbers and metrics, really isn't that great of an offensive team. So I think they'll be able to score because Colgate is such a weak defensive team, but I do think that's something to, important to pay attention to. So I could see this game. I looked to last year's Arkansas contest with or with Colgate, and I see this maybe being a similar situation where this game in the first half, Colgate comes out hot, ready to go, excited about their opportunity to play in this contest and catches Wisconsin a little bit off guard. Maybe you go into halftime with this game being close, tight, maybe Wisconsin's even down. That would not surprise me in the slightest. But I think Greg Gard and the staff just needs to realize and make this team aware that, hey, we've fallen behind before. We played in a lot of tight, tough games. 
we're fine. And then come out in the second half and kind of do what Arkansas did last year, which was settle in, work the ball offensively. Not every shot is going to go in for Colgate offensively. I know it looks like they knocked down a lot of shots, but they aren't going to shoot 100% from the field. Eventually things are going to taper off, and I think Wisconsin, with their ability to score on the offensive end against this weak defensive team, will be able to put together a victory in this contest and, and maybe pull away later in the second half. So I do see the Badgers moving on. Who they meet in that next game will certainly be something to watch. Of course, you will take on the winner of the Colgate-Wisconsin game. will take on the winner of Iowa State and LSU in that 6-11 matchup. I think that's going to be a back-and-forth tough contest. When you look at the LSU Tigers, not to get too far ahead of ourselves if they do move on. LSU has, of course, let go. Uh, their head coach, Will Wade, after multiple NCAA-type issues and sanctions, so he's going to not be with them. Will that have LSU even more bought in because his head, their head coach is gone? Or will this LSU team, who's kind of been a disappointment in their own right in terms of on the court and off the court, will they will they not be as checked out or, or checked into this game? You would hope that March Madness comes around, but if your coach just got fired, maybe you're just kind of not into the contest as much as uh, other teams. So I do have Iowa State winning that contest, and if they do, it's an Iowa State team that has played in a really tough league, started out really hot, and, and really kind of tapered off later into Big 12 play. So certainly a team with plenty of talent, one of the last teams into the cont- into the NCAA tournament, but a team plays great on the defensive end of the court similar to LSU but this team is going to be probably this game is going to be probably a slower low scoring type of matchup because both these teams play pretty good defense in their own right I mean you're looking at we we've talked about defensive efficiency a lot on this episode and this game features two of the top defenses in the nation in terms of adjusted efficiency in from Ken Pomeroy LSU ranks fourth in that category and Iowa State ranks 10th so Whichever team comes and moves along in this contest is going to be because they shut the opposing offense down. Neither team plays all that great of offense. You look at LSU, 89th in offensive efficiency. Iowa State comes in at 151. So neither team is going to light the world on fire in terms of the offensive end. This game is going to be won on the defensive end of the basketball court. And really it's a toss-up. You're talking about the number four ranked defense of the country going up against the number 10. Iowa State probably numbers a little bit down because they played in a really tough league in the Big 12. So I think that's a pretty close game. I do think Iowa State, I have them as a pick, but really it seems like a pretty even game all in all and should be a low-scoring defensive battle. So it'll be interesting to see if Wisconsin moves on and plays them. Who can play the better game on the defensive end is certainly going to be something to pay attention to. All right, guys, that wraps up my portion of the preview for this contest between Colgate, but that is not all the basketball we have and not all the Colgate-Wisconsin preview we have because, as I mentioned at the front of the show, we still have an interview with Mid-Major Madness. Um, Their Twitter account and part of our SB Nation uh, site that puts out a ton of great content on the Mid-Majors, pays really close attention to some of these schools and conferences that maybe you aren't super aware of. I know myself coming into this week, didn't know all that much about Colgate, so it was great to get some uh, outsider's perspective that pays close attention to some of these schools and what they do well and how he thinks this matchup will come. So we've still got Nick Lorenzen to come from Mid-Major Madness, but before we get to that, I've got to talk to you guys about home field apparel. It's March, it's madness, some would call it, would call it mania, and for home field apparel, they've got their third month mania mystery box out right now. So if you aren't familiar with what that is or what that means, Right now, Home Field is running a mystery box promotion where you can get a t-shirt or two t-shirts, three t-shirts, sweatshirts, all sorts of, you know, seven different mystery box combinations that you can get where you go in and you get a heavily discounted box. I mean, you're looking at 
If you want to get three t-shirts, that's a $45 deal. That saves you nearly 54% of a cost of regularly buying three. So do you know what you're, you're going to get? No, it's completely at random. You run the, a little bit of a risk of getting some Big Ten schools that maybe you don't like, but that's what makes this game fun. That's what makes it madness. That's what makes it mania. So make sure to go over and check that out. Homefieldapparel.com. Pick up a mystery box. Trust the process that you're going to go and get a, a comfortable, awesome t-shirt. Maybe you get a Wisconsin t-shirt or crew neck uh, at a discounted price, and it all works out for you. So make sure to go check it out. Homefieldapparel.com. All right, guys, that's all from me. Now we'll go over to Nick Lorenzen and our interview with him from Mid-Major Madness. Make sure to check them out over at midmajormadness.com and read up on all things mid-majors before the NCAA tournament. Enjoy these next couple days, guys. It's a fun couple days in terms of basketball. Everyone loves March Madness. I'll talk to you guys then. All right, Badger fans, we are now joined by Nick Lorenzen of Mid-Major Madness, one of SB Nation's and B5Q's sister sites. Uh, covering all things mid-majors. So it was perfect to get him on to talk about the Colgate Raiders because I know I speak for a lot of Badger fans when I say up until yesterday before I did some research and for an article, I knew very little about Colgate other than they share their name with the toothpaste brand, which we've gotten plenty of jokes off on that. And I remember last year they held tough against Arkansas in the tourney. Other than that, didn't really know a ton. So Nick, thank you for coming on and giving us a little bit of insight on the Colgate Raiders. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. So in terms of Colgate, I guess, what else should people know just to kind of get a baseline of what this team is and, and what Wisconsin is going to be going up against Friday night? Those The Colgate's an elite offensive team. They're second in the nation in three-point shooting, and they have a top 20 offensive rating. They also, they're also top 20 in the country in effective field goal percentage, true shooting percentage. Some of their players are my bad, but um, they put up 80 plus points in 11 games and 16 out of their last 18. They put up 70 plus points and they just rolled through the Patriot League. I mean, they struggled there early, but they won their quarterfinal by 28. They won their semifinal by 20. Navy kind of made it close in the championship game there, but it was never that close. Um, They have so many people that can kill you. Uh, Ryan Moffitt. He is one of the best offensive players in the country. He ranks in the top 20 of both offensive rating, effective field goal percentage, true shooting percentage. Uh, Keegan Records is automatic down low. He's one of the best shooters inside the paint, and he can block a shot or two. He's one of the best shot blockers in the country. And then they just have people that come off the bench, too. And Matt Langle's done it there for a couple years now. It just seems like they've been the team to beat in the Patriot League. Um they're just, they're just unreal. And like you said, last year when they played Arkansas, they didn't play many teams in the Patriot League because they played only a Patriot League schedule last mm. year. So they came in, strangely enough, as the fourth-ranked team in net against that Arkansas team. But they put up a lot of points. They kept it close, and they gave Arkansas a battle. I mean, it's going to be hard to stop Davis if he does play this game, but – that Colgate offense is elite. So you're going to have to stop their three ball. That's going to be the real big difference in this game. Yeah, I know Colgate. Uh, I was looking at some, some charts and some metrics in terms of quality shots and, and shots made, and they rank towards the top in Wisconsin. Not really a great shooting team. So if that, if that Colgate team catches fire, that's going to be an interesting battle to watch back and forth. But you mentioned the Patriot League. They started 4-9 and nine in the non-conference. They played a pretty tough non-conference schedule, played Vermont, 
Pitt, St. John, some tougher teams, not necessarily tournament teams outside of Vermont, but a tough non-conference. And then things really turned around in the Patriot League. Um, they're coming into this game winners of 15 in a row. So is this, I guess, I don't know super a, a ton about the Patriot League. Is that a deep league or is it really kind of, it seems like the last few years kind of been dominated by Colgate. And once they got into conference play, things just started clicking. Yeah, I mean, it's really been dominated by Colgate. Navy's probably its biggest threat in the, the two regular season games. They completely blew out the midshipmen, and it was only close because of a huge run at the end of the game in this championship. But, I mean, they it's really been their league the last couple of years. In the non-conference, they show that they can beat some of these teams. They beat Syracuse at the Dome, and they were favorites against Pitt, but they lost late. I mean, they almost beat Harvard, which is – I mean, that's not like insane, but Harvard's a good team. They battled NC State. They should have won that game. They sh- they've shown they can battle the big boys. No big boy compared to Wisconsin, but they've sh- shown they can battle the ACC teams. But back to the Patriot League, it's not the same as it used to be. It's really a one-horse race with Navy just – I mean, even like Navy, Navy struggles against the bottom of the league. Colgate just runs through everyone. So it's completely different than it is in the past. It was in the past. It's much more of a breeze for the Raiders, Matt Langle. Yeah, well, they seem to be. Uh, I mean, even thinking back to their, I know they had the gap year with uh, with the COVID tournament cancellation, but I remember that first year that they made it, they hung tough with uh, Tennessee, I believe, as well. So they they are definitely a team that doesn't seem to be scared of anyone, and and certainly won't be scared of this matchup with Wisconsin. But it seems like the offense, a lot of it, is predicated by and being ran through point guard Nelly Cummings. He leads the team in scoring. He seems like a guy, you know, only six foot, seems like a guy that can really drive and score the basketball, but he can also kick to, as you mentioned, a group of deadly shooters. So how dangerous is he on the offensive end? Yeah, I mean, he's been there forever. So he's been through it all. He's been through both the tournament games. He is really dangerous. He's fifth and he takes, he uses pretty much all their possessions. So he's, of course, the leader of the point guard there, but... He draws fouls. That's the one thing. Uh, you can't send them to the free throw line either. They're a pretty solid free throw shooting team. If I recall, they are. Well, I guess not. But, I mean, <laughs> he himself is a good free throw shooter. But I'd be more scared about their big men, Keegan Records and uh, Tucker Richardson. But Jack Ferguson is more of a guard I'd look at. He is shooting 57.7%. That's his effective field goal percentage. And he's a pretty good three-point three shooter, shooting 41.6%. Yeah, I mean, you look at this team, it's really – it's kind of a weird mix because you've got, uh, I think, a really solid experienced point guard, which is something that pays a lot of dividends in March. You know, Wisconsin's going to be coming in with a freshman point guard and Chucky Hepburn, so a matchup there. They've also got shooters. So you're thinking, okay, they've got shooters. They've got a point guard. What else do they got? And then you go and you look into, as you just mentioned, two guys, one at six foot 10, one at six foot 11. So they've got some height there as well. And all of them seem to be a very experienced team. So how much does, do you think that will pay dividends for this team to be so experienced uh, come, you know, 850, at least in our time in Wisconsin, when it, when this game finally tips off? I mean, it's big, but you know, I trust Greg Gard for you guys. I mean, Greg Gard's an insane coach. These guys, these Colgate guys have been through it. They just haven't been able to do the thing yet. Uh, but, I mean, their offense, their offense just needs to show up. Uh, they've struggled at times in 
in the bigger games uh, down late. I mean, they had chances to beat Pitt and they couldn't do the job. You know, Pitt's just, they're not that great of a program right now. They Same with NC State. They had the chances late. I, mm-hmm. It's going to come down to crunch time. It showed last year in the Arkansas game. Uh, I don't remember the exact difference in that Arkansas game. It was what a 17-point game. It was much. Yeah, it was a, I was going to say the score, the final up. score was seemed way wider than what that game felt like. It felt like Colgate was hitting everything in the first half and just kind of lost it in the second half. Yeah, if I remember correctly, Colgate was leading for in the first half, and I guess it was just came down to struggling late and not getting the job done late, which Colgate was able to do in the Patriot League mostly because most mostly because they just blew them out in that Navy game when they cut it down to six, they ended up winning by 16. But that's something that they're going to have to work on, especially in the bigger games, finishing the job late. And I just feel like if you go to sleep for a couple of minutes, you got Chucky Hepburn, and if Johnny Davis plays, you guys will just roll past them. Yeah, it's certainly going to be kind of an interesting matchup, especially, you know, if you look at a team like Colgate, you know, knocking down nearly or just over 40 percent of their threes. If they get that hot hand, Wisconsin kind of has some of these lapses where they go two, three minutes without scoring. How can they you know, withstand that and, and try to hold down this team? So in terms of what this game kind of comes down to, is it really just from what it seems like Wisconsin being able to defend the three ball and hoping that Colgate just doesn't come out? you know, on a, on a furious on fire of just knocking down three after three. That's what I totally believe the difference is going to be in this game. You just got to keep them quiet from the three ball. You got to hold them under uh, 80, 75, maybe under 75 points and you'd be fine because, you know, in the past Wisconsin's thing was usually, you know, it's going to be a dragged out. It's going to be low scoring defensive game, but now they're kind of putting up points. So, I mean, if Wisconsin puts up, 70 plus points which they're fully capable of doing i think they've got this game in the bag all right well badger fans would like to hear that i know colgate is uh, a trendy pick for uh, for a lot of upsets across the country but it's nice to hear that someone who covers mid-majors feels fairly confident as, as confident as you can feel uh <laughs> leading up to friday's uh late night tip here in wisconsin but before we get out of here nick i gotta ask for some help as you're a guy that covers mid-majors let's kind of broaden things out and talk about um some other games that maybe could help some Badger fans and myself in their bracket. So you, you pay a lot closer attention to some of these teams who were a couple mid majors that you think could be maybe second weekend teams and pull off some, some upsets here in these first couple of rounds. I really love Richmond. I know they're going up against Iowa and Keegan Murray there in the first round. So that's going to be a real tough one, but I mean, they're so deep. They bring back, it's I believe it's four super seniors and they just keep coming back. They should have made the tournament during the COVID year. But then, of course, COVID happened. And then last year they beat Kentucky early in the season and they were looking well on their way, but they just did completely terrible in the eight ten. But now they're back in the tournament and I think they have a good enough team. Jacob Gilliard's an insane guard. Grant Golden's a big man who's been there forever. I think they could make a little run there. Um, look in other places, you know, I think UAB could be Houston in the first round, but the problem about that is they got to go up against Kofi in the second round in Illinois. So there's that struggle there, but I think it's going to be a fairly chalk year. I think maybe Vermont pulls off the upset against Arkansas, South Dakota state, maybe against Providence. That's a very trendy pick. So as the more trendy it gets, I don't know about it, <laughs> but 
I think it'll be a fairly chalk year. I think there's going to be a lot of one through four seeds in the Sweet 16. Well, I, I must say, as a Badger fan, you picking an upset of Iowa will, will make a lot of listeners of this podcast very happy. So I don't know if you, <laughs> you I, clearly you like that Richmond team, but if there was a team a game for you to pick, I think that would make a lot of Badger fans happy. You hit the nail on the head, and I think you just uh, bought yourself an invite on this show anytime because I know a lot of Badger fans root for the Big Ten up until Iowa plays. At least I speak for me. I can't root for that team. So uh, seeing them go down to Richmond would would not be uh, anything that would make me upset. <laughs> Love those spiders. <laughs> yep, yep, there you go. Well, Nick, we really appreciate you coming on and giving us kind of a preview of the Colgate Raiders. Before we get out of here, Nick, where can people check out your work if they want to read up on some more mid-major content? Yeah, just follow me over on Twitter at Sports N-L-O-R-E-N-S-E-N Sports, or at mid-madness. All right. Make sure to guys, guys go over and check them out. They put out a ton of great content and we've got their mid-major madness podcast as well. So plenty of content covering the leagues that maybe you, you as a listener and myself sometimes overlook. So it's great to get that insight on some of these teams that we're not super familiar with. All right, Badger fans, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. As always, thank you for listening on Wisconsin.